This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Steve Coogan, uh, great to have you on Home Time. How are you doing? You okay? I'm doing very well, yeah. yeah, Pretty good, all things considered. Yeah. The world's have you been all right? To, the, world, the world's going to hell in a handcart, but I'm, 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 I'm okay. Well, yeah, I mean, this is it. Let, let's talk about, let's get straight into it. Stra- Stratagem with Alan Partridge, live stage show across UK and Ireland. Uh, my God, don't we need a laugh and a bit of a distraction at the moment, as you just alluded to, Steve? Yeah, I mean, yes, good lord. I mean, we've, we, uh, I thought, you know, we're just out of the woods with COVID, and now, and now this, um, you know, we, I go on the road in six weeks, something like that, uh, towards the end of April. I, I really do uh, think that people will, you know, I mean, the one thing is by then, it will be the dying embers of of COVID, uh, so people will be able to gather. You know, those of us who aren't in the war zones. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think it, I think people will be wanting a laugh, and certainly uh, uh, wanting a laugh in a, in a group. It's sort of a, a communal experience. I mean, I, I don't know the, the the last time anyone went to a live comedy gig, but it's nice when you hear other people laughing next to you. Yeah. Um, in that respect, because because of just how awful the last two years, and to be quite frank, just how everything is at the moment, does does that make it in some respects, easier to sort of like put this show together that, you know, that, that Alan Partridge is going to be doing on stage. Cause I'm imagining that he, he would see himself as some almost sort of like Messiah figure to, to bring us out of all this with, uh, with laughter and positivity. Well, I think the subtitle is uh, Alan Partridge presents stratagem, a new way of thinking in a post COVID world. Um, but, uh, which I don't, I don't know why we called it that. We just thought that was, Quite a sort of clumsy title, but uh, uh, it, it does because I mean, I mean, Alan will be talking about all kinds of things in the, sh- in the show. Uh, you know, uh, how to deal with personal problems, how to deal with big issues, all the issues that have uh, you know, COVID and uh, all the political issues, the, the cultural issues that have affected us over the last couple of years. You know, Me Too, woke politics, uh, gender politics, <laughs> gender identity, BAME, BLM, uh, the whole. Uh, all these issues that we're uh, we're dealing with, Alan will will tackle them all uh, and uh, probably get cancelled uh, before the end of the show. But uh, he, he, yes, we're sort of we're walking across the hot coals. I think this is actually sort of uh, strangely when things are difficult, people want to they they want to laugh, laugh not say at things. Laugh, you have to do it the right way. You have to get the joke right. You know. Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, I think people do it when, when you're in dire circumstances. I remember we recorded a, an episode of Animal and Partridge the, in '97. We recorded it for a live audience the night before uh, Di- Princess uh, Diana's funeral, and that's 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 quite a tough way to you have to go on and say very somber good evening to people, yeah. and then do a comedy show. But people did laugh. People laughed, mm-hmm. and, and uh, it, it's a release. You know, people are never not going to want to uh, laugh, uh, you know, uh, even when circumstances are done. It's sort of a, it's a, it's a pressure valve, isn't it? People, it's a human necessity, I think. And so, I mean, my, my first experience of Alan Partridge was through Chris Morris's uh, brilliant The Day to Day, the parody of the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you feel at the moment that it's almost, that, that almost predicted how news has become? I mean, it's very hard now to parody the news as it is because it's just so crazy. Yes, yeah, no, it is. It certainly did. I mean, that was twenty. Crikey, that's twenty, twenty-eight years ago, and uh, yes, I mean, it, it, it was very predictive uh, um, that 
the this, this sort of attention deficit disorder that we as human beings have developed, uh, especially with social media, where uh, our attention spans are, are sort of uh, so fleeting that we need facts and information constantly, you know, sort of bombarded with, which is what part part of the joke of uh, of the day to day, which was great fun, you know, and, and uh, a really enjoyable show to make. We only did one series, and it was great working with Chris. Um, he's quite a quite. It, it, it's when you make Chris Morris laugh, then then you know you, you've got a good joke because he doesn't suffer fills uh, gladly uh, in terms of comedy. <laughs> so I was delighted when I could get him to uh, to crack up. Speaking of making people laugh and uh, and enjoying the whole process, have have you had a favourite character in all the time that you've been doing Alan Partridge? Have you had? A favourite character to interact with as Alan. I, th- I think of like the likes of Michael and Lynn and Simon and Sonia back in the day. That kind of thing. Yeah. Is there is there one when 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 you are as Alan? Is is there one that you've enjoyed those sort of interactions with the most? Um, well, I enjoyed <clears throat> interacting with Simon Greenall, who played the Geordie Michael. That was always enjoyable. Um, <laughs> it was always because it was sort of the blind leading the blind. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, but uh, Lynn, it has to be it has to be Felicity Montague as Lynn because those that's such a complicated relationship, a really enjoyable one. But it's always it's a it's it's a it's a complex relationship. You know? they, he, they're sort of codependent. Um, uh, so it, yeah, she's always and she she does make me laugh. You know, she has, did you think it's one of the most understated? And probably um, uh, do you think she gets the credit she deserves for that comedy performance as Lynn? Because it's one of the most understated but brilliant comedy performances I think I've seen in modern years. Yeah, um, and no, she probably doesn't. You know, she's she's brilliant. She sort of uh, she elevates all the scenes that she's in with me as Alan, uh, and uh, it, it's uh, it feels <clears throat> it feels quite real. You know, the relationship between Alan and Lynn it feels real when when, when we're doing it. It feels like a sort of real relationship. Yeah. Um, but she's she's sort of you think he bullies her, but in actual fact, if she commands him to do something. Or barks at him, he will obey her. <laughs> is it harder to write? I mean, I, I'm really excited about this this live show. Is it is it harder to write for Alan on stage when because if you're doing a series um, or, or or the, the you know the, the the recent stuff, obviously you've got different locations that you can take Alan to uh, or the the inserts in the magazine show. But with a stage show, I'm imagining that, that <clears> you are on the stage for, for 90 minutes, you can't go so fast. So is it, is that harder to, to, to write for? Uh, it's different and it is difficult. It's always difficult, uh, but we like to ch- sort of change the uh, venue, the arena, the, the precincts that we uh, put Alan in. So we do like films and television and we've done uh, radio and, and uh, podcasts and books and, uh, all, you know, uh, and so when you do a live show, you, you have to address it as a live show. What you do is you simply do, well, what would Alan do? How would Alan, approach doing the live show um and uh and so it's going to be a kind of a uh it'll be a bit schizophrenic it'll be partly like a sort of an elon musk uh steve jobs kind of uh stylish slick headset kind of uh, ted talk ted talk approach to sort of stuff but then uh, there'll also be uh dancers and songs and uh you know it'll, it'll be it'll be all singing and all dancing as well as that so alan can't quite quite make his mind up um, which is good for us because it means we can sort of throw lots of stuff in. And when it's a bigger, really, you've got thousands of people, you sort of have to broaden things out and do a bit of physical stuff. And, uh, you know, we've got big screens with big sort of pie charts and uh, 
displays and things for, for Alan, to, Alan to refer to in his. Uh, but it's like a, it's like a big lecture. It's like Alan's doing a big sort of lifestyle guru, uh, teaching people how to deal with, you know, uh, the sort of deal with issues in their lives, deal with phobias, deal with, um, and then deal with all the, the the big issues too. So it's uh, it's a it's a it's a panacea for uh, all our. Uh, our, our ills uh, as a society and all our problems, be they individual or societal. When you say singing and dancing, will there actually be singing? I, I remember seeing uh, you with doing Alan on stage and I can remember nearly bursting a blood vessel in my face laughing so much at Alan doing um, uh, the, the Heathcliff bit out of Wuthering. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And the, the thought of something akin to that happening again would excite me greatly. Well, yes, there will be... There will, Alan will start the show with a, with a big song and uh, he will end the show Amazing. with a big song. There'll be a couple of songs in the middle. Uh, uh, you know, uh, so, yes, there, there will be um, some, some big stupid singing. Love that. And so, I mean, I love how the voice uh, of Alan Partridge has kind of developed and evolved over the years. You've made a few tweaks to it as he's got older, which is fantastic. How, how do you how do you go back to, do you go back to, you know, because you know sometimes when you do an impression of someone, it might change over time, then you have that mm-hmm. nightmare, oh my God, I can't do it anymore. Do, do you go back to a certain period of Alan to make sure you're, you're back to basics? Not really, it? no. I mean, when I listened to what I did on radio years ago, he just sounded different. I was just doing sort of voice. And then as I've gotten older and developed the character, He's sort of his voice has become closer to me, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, I think I've got lazier. But um, it, uh, you know, you sort of you develop the character, and uh, you know, at first he was sort of a bit like a sketch show character, and then we just sort of we we built him up and made him more rounded. He's now he I think he's sort of uh, at first he was just a bit of a, just a, an idiot. Now I think he's an idiot with a heart. You know? yeah. So he he means well. Uh, he just gets it wrong. And, you know, speaking on, myself, on behalf of myself and Richie, two radio presenters who've served our time, earned our stripes in local radio and regional radio, uh, you guys have always been amazing at uh, capturing the essence of what it's like in, on a local radio station, in a local radio station. Where does that insight and that accuracy and that attention to detail come from? Because, you know, in I Partridge, the movie, when... Um, uh, sorry, no, Alpha Papa, the movie where they're bought out by the company with uh, shape <laughs> the way Media. you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. AKA Global. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how do, you, how do you make it so accurate? Where, where does that insight come from? Um, it's, uh, so what's, you sort of, you do your research, you know, and, and Rob and Neil, the writers, they do their research. And sometimes, you know, there's a scene in the last series this time where he t- talks to a DJ about the the inner politics and protocols of licensing uh, for local radio, which might sound like really boring uh, stuff for uh, punters, but we sometimes find that the, the more detailed and, and dull the subject matter, the funnier it is. <laughs> and then what is your relationship with uh, Alan Partridge like? Because, you know, sometimes uh, as someone who's synonymous with a particular character, it can be restricting and they may, I guess, down the line, start to resent them a little bit. Is, is, have you ever had that with, with Alan Partridge? I did. Or have you <clears throat> loved him? You know, I, I did have that for a while when I was sort of treading water, not quite sure what else to do. Um, and then I started writing drama. The first drama it was Philomena, and we got four Oscar nominations. So that kind of like set me free, really. And since then, I've, you know, I've, I've written lots of things. I've got a series on Channel 4 starting soon called uh, Chivalry. I wrote with Sarah Soleimani about um, romance in the age of Me Too. And, uh, you know, I've, I've just done... Uh, 
uh, a film about the with Jeff Pope I wrote Philomena with about the woman who found the body of Richard III in a car park in Leicester that's coming out later this year so I'm able to do other things now and uh, because of that and then I don't mind going back to do partridge I mean it, you know it does make, it makes me laugh too you know when we're writing it we we do cry laughing if we get if we come up with something good you know we just we, we chuckle chuckle throughout the day we just then have to marshal all the jokes and put them into some sort of shape but uh, so the, so because but certainly there was a time when I thought oh, you know it's like a uh, it's, sort of, <laughs> uh, it's like a Frankenstein you create a monster and you can't get rid of it but uh but now, I actually like I like doing it, going off and doing something else, and then coming back and dusting down the uh, sort of the, the Pringle sweater and uh, putting it back <laughs> on. You know? uh, so yeah, it's I, I I'm in a good place with it now, where I can sort of um, visit it. It's like a like a relative, you know, a family member who you are fond of and you like to see from time to time, but you don't really want to live with. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is, it's delightful to know that um, that you are in a good place uh, with it because um, yeah, it's yeah really. It, I'm so looking forward to to, to these live shows, which yeah. uh, which start in a month's time. You must be really looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, when you get it right, when you're on stage, it's it's if it's going well, it's a lot of fun and and, and sort of doing Alan Partridge, if you like, when you're making people laugh and saying stuff, it's quite delicious. It's like sort of. Uh, like eating an ice cream or something. It's just uh, <laughs> enjoyable. <laughs> have you, uh, uh, Steve, have you ever kept any of the Alan Partridge uh, clothing items over the years? You, you've worn some unbelievable stuff, uh, Chevron Action Flash jumpers, all this kind of thing. Have you, have you ever kept any of these things for yourself? I, <clears throat> the very first time I did Alan Partridge in 1991 uh, was in Paris Studios, Lower Regent Street, uh, old BBC Studios. And I'd never done it. I'd been on radio, but I'd never done him in front of a live audience and um, people were coming in to see the recording so I thought well I better dress up as him and I went up to Lily White's and bought a Pringle sweater <laughs> and then combed my hair over the top of my head which was longer then uh, before I started wearing wigs and I put this this uh, sweater on uh, this sort of golfing sweater and uh, and th- th- that sort of became, sort of was the first thing I put on and uh, to sort of give him a look and I still have that sweater uh, oh wow! In a zip, a ziplock bag, and uh, I do. I should probably frame it, put it in my downstairs loo or something. It's, but I thought, well, that you know, that that's. Uh, I would never want to lose that. Now. It's quite. It's a really important. Uh, it's, I've got very a lot of sentimental values attached to that sweater. I'd never wear it in real life. It's horrible, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, so I've still got that. But if someone had said to you when you were going to Lily White's and buying that sweater that in in twenty five years time you would be touring him live on stage shows culminating in, in multiple dates at a 20,000-seat arena, would you honestly have believed them? No, no. Although I do remember after the first radio show, Patrick Marber rang me up. <clears throat> I think I called him from a phone box. That's how long ago it was. Um, <laughs> and he said, that show you did tonight is going to change your, your life. This character is going to change your life. And I said, oh, wow. really? He said, yes. And he said, in a few years' time, people will be shouting "aha" at you across the street. And I remember thinking, <laughs> I remember thinking at the time, that would be wonderful. Uh, so be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Like I said right at the beginning, we need cheering up at the moment. Stratagem with Alan Partridge. Uh, what, what can you promise people then? They're going to book their tickets. What will you promise people when they come and see you live? The, uh, lots of variety, um, uh, lots of awkwardness, um, a little bit of anxiety. And an awful lot of laughs. And uh, don't sit too close to the front because I might uh, pull you on stage 
and, uh, oh, and, oh, and humiliate oh, oh. <laughs> Everything you'd want from the night. Brilliant. Um, Steve, fantastic to chat to you. We're really excited. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, thanks guys. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. 